0: So this is Priesthood Sunday, and uh, it's something I've thought a lot about, prayed a lot about, and it wasn't until this morning um, that the Lord was like, share that with him. Share your last two days with them. Definitely wasn't gonna do that. Um, But the last two days, I have received some of the most intense diabolic attack uh, that I have ever received in my entire life. And there were people who really got free of some serious things this last week, and it's probably retaliation. Pushback for that, but I also think it's because of this Sunday and what I'm gonna talk about today. A couple of days ago, I was having this crazy diabolic dream and I woke up and I looked up at the ceiling And I could literally see a demon attached to it with its head cocked sideways looking down at me. And I kind of squinted my eyes, got my bearings like a little bit, looked back up at it, still there. And I said, well, I can't tell you exactly what I said, but I said some basic deliverance prayers, some basic um, exorcism prayers. And the thing left. And I told somebody this last week, like, that that happened, and they were like, what did you do? I was like, I got up, went to the bathroom, took some tums, and went back to bed. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, there isn't like a protocol for these things, usually. Our Lord is God, and Satan is an angel. And then last night, similar kind of thing. I prefaced with that, and I think the Holy Spirit wanted me to preface it with that. To say pray for your priests if you're not praying for them um, start praying for them every day even if it's just a hail mary take you 10 seconds something like that because especially if your priests and your pastors are uh, have made the decision in their heart to do it for real to just be faithful regardless of the consequences that puts a huge glowing neon target on their soul for the realm of Satan and his angels. Those are the guys he targets and goes after the hardest. Another reason I mention that is because um, the reason that stuff happens and the reason there's such a hard pushback is because we actually necessitate the sacraments to survive. This is a radically Catholic notion, right? Remember the whole uh, context of our life or of just this realm, like we're born into sin. It's an inherited disease. You get it from your parents 100% of the time, no way of getting out of it. Uh, It's terminal 100% of the time. There's no way to survive it on our own, and there's only one antidote. His name is Jesus. and. In his infinite divine consciousness, had an infinite number of options, he decided, he invented a way for us to personally get that antidote into our dying souls. That's what the sacraments are. Seven ways of receiving the antidote to eternal death. That's the consequence of being born a fallen human being in this realm, is just we're the inheritors of eternal death and there's nothing we can do about it. And we get that medicine in the hospital, here in the hospital, in the church. This is what we're doing here. This is what we're about. You've heard me talk about this a million times before, but we're not interested in being part of some you know, weird worldwide club that doesn't do anything for you. We're about getting what we need to eternally survive beyond the temporal experience of this human life. That's what we're up to. That's what we're interested in. Those of you like me who kinda, you know, just floated through your Catholic faith your whole life and treated it like it was a a cultural thing, this is a bit of a paradigm shift. But I can't encourage you enough to make that shift because everything else is fake. It's not even real. It's just things that either we've made up or very, very misguided men in the hierarchy have made up. This is not a useless man-made organization. This is the most important thing going on anywhere. Invented in the very mind and the heart of God to set us free from sin, death, hell, and Satan. So all of that is to say, we need the sacraments, and there's no way to get the sacraments without priests. They're the doctors. They're the metaphysicians that get us the medicine that heals our broken souls. That's what's going on. So, at least once a year, we talk about it. We talk about the fact that vocations to the priesthood sharply declined after the Second Vatican Council. We talk about how secularism and relativism and radical individualism and all of these things have taken the priesthood right off of the list of options for young men. We talk about how we're in a quote-unquote vocation crisis in this archdiocese, in this country, and in the world concerning the priesthood. We talk about all of that because it's important, but it's not just important. We talk about it because uh, we actually have a responsibility to change it. Just like we're trying to be practicing Catholics, right? Everything we do is to that end, to be practicing Catholics, to actually practice our faith and restore this church, this particular church, we're trying to restore the church. And a huge part of that is the priesthood. We're trying to raise all these little ones. Look at all these little ones. We're trying to raise them in a way that teaches them what the priesthood and the religious life actually is. It's a real thing. The real God creates people to do. He literally invents people so that they can live this way and so that we can live at all. All of that is beyond amazing. I mean, it's mind-blowing. So the question is, why aren't young men flocking in droves to their dioceses to sign up. Well, I think it's the cultural and the ecclesiastical factors that I mentioned. Uh, But when it comes right down to it, I think it's because it's hard. It's very hard. But remember this. Every single thing in human life that is either great or necessary is hard. So here's my suggestion, parents, especially, accept the sacred duty to restore the priesthood in the church by teaching your kids to value sacrifice. Our society has gotten so soft, so weak, that I think a lot of our ancestors would be shocked and scandalized at how little we're willing to go through to do what we know is right. But it wasn't always that way. I was going through my grandfather's belongings this last week. You know, things that I didn't even know existed. And I came across a binder. He always put everything into binders. He organized everything into binders. And the binder was labeled Babe. Babe was the nickname of one of his brothers. That brother, first-generation American, joined the Army during World War II, and he became a fighter pilot. He flew P-39s. And in the summer of 1944, his plane suffered some kind of mechanical failure, and it went down somewhere south of the Isle of Capri, and he was killed instantly. And in that binder was a form letter from the president, and this is what it said. In grateful memory of Second Lieutenant Flamer S. Lent, who died in the service of his country in the North African area, June 27, 1944. Listen to this. He stands in the unbroken line of patriots who have dared to die that freedom might live, and grow, and increase its blessings. Freedom lives, and through it, he lives in a way that humbles the undertakings of most men." Franklin D. Roosevelt, President of the United States. He sacrificed his life so that the rest of us could be free. Everything that we're doing here, restoring, reorganizing, evangelizing, telling the truth no matter what, it isn't just for the sake of this church, it's bigger than that. The priests of my generation, the priests of future generations, some of which are sitting here not even knowing what I'm saying right now. Some of which haven't even been born yet, and you, it is and it will be. Our sacred duty to restore the church, not just in beauty, but in character and sanctity and clergy. Raise your sons to love God and to love his church, and he may just call them to sacrifice their lives so that the rest of us can be free.